Hey guys, it's Courtney and Sabra with Impractical Theorists. Today we are going to be talking about astral projection and lucid dreaming and um, our own experiences with that. So with that, we will start with Sabra and she just recently had a uh, really insane like astral projection experience. So for those of you who don't know what astral projection is, it essentially is the willful... Um, conscious decision to have an out-of-body experience, which is something that I've been trying to do for about a year. Um, and there's many different ways that you can try to do this, but through my own experience, uh, I did it through lucid dreaming, which I've also never done before. Uh, and if you don't know what lucid dreaming is, that's where you are consciously present within a dream. So my experience, it kind of started off as like a nightmare. Um, I can just really feel like this really intense sort of scary energy. Um, and in the middle of this dream, I sort of just stopped and I was like, I don't, I don't want to have a bad dream. I don't want to feel scared and I want to change that. And upon sort of having this thought, it was that at that point that I realized I am lucid dreaming. I'm present. I'm here. I am aware of what's going on and the fact that I am in the middle of a dream. So to kind of paint the setting, um, I was at my parents' house, um, and I'm standing in front of their, the, the door to the garage and it's this, you know, white painted door. And upon realizing that I'm lucid dreaming and that I am conscious, it was kind of from there really, uh, sort of mentally easy to go, okay, I want to try and project, uh, because at that point it's, it's very possible for you to split your astral body from your physical form. So I sort of kind of the best way I can describe it because a lot of this is really complex and it's really hard to describe the feelings and the um, the actual event of astral projecting but I'll try to keep it you know in sort of layman's terms I closed my eyes in the stream and I just sort of started to lean forward but it wasn't my body in the dream that was leaning forward it was my consciousness and I sort of peeled out of my body which is such a insanely crazy experience and feeling and it's there's a lot of really intense emotions that goes on through astral projecting like you I felt a lot of fear like a lot of oh my god I'm just I left my body and also a lot of excitement because I've been trying to do this for a really long time and I've really been looking to have an experience like this. So I sort of fell through the door and I'm on my hands and knees in their, on the concrete in their garage and I'm like kind of like vibrating at a, like a really high frequency and I am like freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, this is for real. Like I am having this experience, but it's also really, really intense, a lot more intense than what I think I really anticipated. So when I kind of pulled it all together and got my focus, I just kept repeating to myself, you know, I'm in control, I'm in control. And that, it did, it brought me in control of myself and of my astral body. And from there it was like, okay, I have transcended my physical form, so the, the sky's the limit. And a million and one different things were sort of running through my head as to what should I do now, what can I do now? And the the thing that I really, that stood out to me in that moment was, I want to try to fly. Because that's like everybody. That's Yeah, that's like that's <laughs> like if the one thing that I think people in, in the conscious and current realm, flying would just be incredibly amazing. Um, so I kind of, again, I closed my the eyes to my astral form, and I stood there for a second, and I just concentrated that energy, and I just 
envisioned my feet coming up off the ground. And when I opened my eyes again, I was floating. And it's a really, really incredibly powerful and empowering feeling. Um, I wasn't really getting a whole lot of forward, backward motion. It was kind of hard for me to move. So the only thing I could think of to do, and I really think that this stemmed from my childhood because I've tried doing this a million and one times. Um, I always wanted to fly on a broom. <laughs> and like as a kid, I would like try and like run down the hill with a broom between my legs and try to like take off and you just can't do it. <laughs> so like... This is bringing back memories. It really is. <laughs> so the, what I did is I turned and I looked and in my parents' garage, there's this, there's a broom they have out there because um, my dad does a lot of woodworking. Um, and a lot of just like tinkering. He's a very like handy person. So I grabbed this broom and I kind of like sit sideways on it and I just focus that energy again. And slowly I started to sort of come up off the ground and it wasn't like I was moving super fast, but like it was like very slow and very casual. Like you're gliding. Yeah. It like very much like I was gliding and I start to come up off the ground and I come out of the the you know the garage and I'm coming up over the trees and to describe the astral plane in my in the experience that I had and I'm I'm not sure if it's the same for all people but it is very dark you can kind of make out like shapes and forms of the things around you but there's like this bluish glow and I could just see like the tops and the outlines of the trees as I'm coming up over there, you know, coming up off the ground and like coming up over the trees. Um, and it was such an incredibly beautiful experience. And the fact that not only have I finally accomplished this goal that I've really set out to do for the past year, but the feeling of flying in your astral body is really, it, there's just no other way to describe it as like, it's just fucking cool. It's just cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, an experience like anything that you'll have in this reality. At least I feel. Yeah. Now, did you have, like, you know, you said that you were peeling and, like, splitting from your body or whatever in your dream. So, f- do you remember, like, from that experience, the, the second that you split off, is that when everything outwardly started to appear in the astral realm? Uh, yeah. So, like... The way I would try to describe it is the garage was like the safe space, like the walls and everything in it were present, but it was outside of that, Mm -hmm. that the astral existed. And I think that it's, it was all in the astral, but like my mind created this sort of safe space to get me started to say, okay, here's ground zero let's explore from here and I know a lot of people I think have that experience because uh like people who do it in their home and picture themselves in their room they often start off either you know their room is their safe space and when they leave that threshold that's where the real experience in the astral begins um obviously not the same for everybody because everyone's experience with an out-of-body experience is very different but I know in just sort of uh, talking with other people who project frequently and reading other people's stories that you kind of start off in like a safe zone and that's important so that you can kind of get your bearings and gain control of your astral body because you are energy. That's it. That's all that you are. You have Your consciousness has separated from your physical form and I think that it takes skill to kind of pull that all together and keep it together practice. to have yeah it's like a practice skill so that you can continue to keep a hold of yourself while experiencing 
uh, essentially, you know, a spirit world. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, too, because, like, just in my research, just with, like, lucid dreaming in the past and stuff, it, it always said that, or it said basically that you would um, start off in a place of familiarity where you're either in your childhood home or in your bedroom, for example, because this is considered, like, a safe space. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, helps you ground yourself before this happens right which I even think though is, sometimes that's not always like that doesn't always work because I feel like you're still like intensely scared right well and I and I think that there is a lot of fear in realizing that you can separate your consciousness from your physical body um because I think that a lot of people think that it's it's tied it's all tied to you're like tethered in that's it like when your soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it is put into your body upon your conception or whatever however that shit works i don't know but the idea is that your your soul is you know it animates your body and it's tethered to it but it's not like we can as human beings and all human beings can do this transcend their physical form to walk into the astral plane or the spirit world or whatever you want to call it the other side um, it's all kind of the same. It's all the same thing. Just different people call it different things. Mm. And mm. there's a lot of fear, I think, that comes with doing that because of, I don't know, I guess imagine how intense. It's kind of like fear yeah. of the unknown. Yeah. And know? imagine how intense it is um, as a human being where we only have a relative idea of our reality, you know, and that our reality is essentially our own perception of the world around us, how intense that would be to transcend that yeah. and to realize that just the simple realization of, oh my God, there is so much more outside of just this physical, physical form. Yeah. yeah. That I think that that also kind of ties into a lot of the fear and a lot of the intense emotions that somebody would feel in astral projecting because it's a lot Mm -hmm. it's and and I have a major respect for people who do it frequently and who have a lot of experience with and like doing who it. have overcome that fear right and because like it's, past it. it's it's an it's so intense there's no way to describe it it's it's like it trans it goes beyond like I'm afraid it's so much there's not I don't even know if there is a word for it because terrified it, it doesn't describe it either it's a different kind of fear right and and an excitement as well I feel like the way that I described it with it's kind of like the same feeling you get riding a roller coaster um if you have experience doing that like you are scared and excited and it's such a rush and that's exactly you know how I've felt in my own experiences go falling into that type of you know situation or dream um so I also had um a recent very recent it just happened what, yesterday or the, yesterday the I day think before was, yeah. yeah yours was the, even more recent than mine mine happened on the first yeah and um I think it was yesterday I'm pretty sure but anyway so I was just um taking a nap in the afternoon um and I, this wasn't intentional at all like I was literally just kind of like half in and out of sleep like watching tv and falling asleep and I could tell like that I was finally starting to fall asleep and 
I don't know at what point, but like I started feeling like my body well that's that's wrong. It's almost okay, so I don't know, whatever you believe, this is how it felt. It feels like your spirit is literally peeling itself out of your body as you're laying there on your bed. Your physical body is not moving. And I don't, it's hard to describe the feeling, but it's almost like a static kind of, uh, and really intense feeling that just like kind of starts at your head and then you come up and it just rolls down your body as you're peeling out. And it, it's so weird and it's so strange, but it, and it's so intense that it actually kind of scared me to kind of wake myself back up because I was too scared. So at that point, there wasn't anything that I was seeing other than a lot of gray and blue. It's almost like I was describing to you, it's almost like being in the center of a tornado. Mm -hmm. Like, because there wasn't anything that I could make out or anything. It was just kind of like a, I don't know, like a thick fog or something that I couldn't really, I couldn't make anything out. And it, it's also like I was moving so fast like that roller coaster feeling where you're just like you you constantly moving coming down that hill yeah you know and you're moving so quickly like in your whole body like just you know is kind of at this orgasmic state you know that's kind of how it felt like because you're not really sure what's happening and but you're excited but you're scared but you're like I don't I'm not usually conscious during this time when I'm falling into a dream or when I'm falling into that type of state so I think that's part of what makes it so scary because this is something our bodies do on a daily basis right but we're not there conscious you yeah know, like we're not conscious when it happens so anyway it's a super scary feeling and I remember coming in and out of it like I was still laying in my bed and I would get like these little blips of like my TV and I just, I knew I was laying in my bed, but all these intense things were going on inside my mind as I'm starting to fall asleep. And, um, yeah, so that was my kind of like first experience. I, I scared myself out of it. Um, I basically was just like, I was explaining it to Sabra, like it was like, I was almost fully peeled out of my body and then I like got too scared for what was going to happen next. So I just, I started telling myself, like, nope, nope, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, and you just have to say that, like, a million times in a row until your body, and then you'll start, like, you know, coming out of it. But um, I'm always too scared to go any further. Like, I had one other um, kind of experience um, a couple years ago when I was living in Colorado. And uh, basically, so I was going to bed. Um, It was nighttime, and... I think that I was actually trying to lucid dream because I had been like looking into it a whole bunch. And so anyway, I got to this point in my really, really comfortable bed at the time that I was just so comfortable and I was kind of like trying to stay a little bit conscious, but also kind of let myself fall into sleep. And I remember like I was walking up the stairs of like my mom's house when I was like 15 um, and all of a sudden, like, in the stairs, this, like, hole ripped, and, I mean, it was, like, it was so, it was, like, the stairs were paper, and a hole just, like, ripped right through mm-hmm. it, and there was just blackness in the hole, and it started to suck me in, and I feel like this was also another opportunity for me to astral project, because it was the exact same feeling as I just had, right. like, I felt like, 
I was being pulled from my own existence and like being pulled into this like astral world mm-hmm. and um you know it, it was so scary to me because of like all of that emotion that is going on when you're when you're feeling this and when it's happening that I then too scared myself out of it like whoa no this is way too much this, like this, this is, is too way intense. too intense yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, so, uh, and I ended up waking myself up, and I'm really sad about it, but, like, every single time that I try this, I get, or that it happens on accident, which has only been two times, but it's just so scary. Like, it's so intense and scary and exciting and scary, and it's just such such a hard emotion or feeling to describe, unless you've actually done it. Right. You know? But um, it's like, your whole body is, like, vibrating with... Yes. And I think that's... That's where it really starts to get weird because you're like, I'm not moving, but my whole it, it my whole body is vibrating. And that is your astral form shaking itself out of your physical form. And it I think in a sense, it's not necessarily traumatic in the in the sense that you're you're going to, you know, remember it in a negative sense, but it is traumatic as an experience. In the sense that you have no clue what is happening. Right. Until it actually happens and you're like, oh my god. Holy shit. Like, this. And, and if you, like, and especially if you didn't know what astral projection was, it would be even more terrifying on top oh, yeah. of that. Well, and I think, too, that even, even, like, okay, so even though, even me and you, you know, having tried it multiple times and having almost got there... You know, we know that our bodies are just like laying there in bed. You know, we know we're safe. That's one thing that I tried to remind myself of the first time I tried it is like, okay, just let yourself go back into it. It's okay. You're safe. You're in bed. Nothing is happening. This is all in your head. You know, nothing bad is going to happen. Nothing bad can happen to you. Like this is literally just purely in your own brain, Mm -hmm. like, or whatever your subconscious or your soul or, you know, however you want to look at it, um, your physical body is there. And that's like the hardest thing to kind of connect both ideas with Mm -hmm. because you know, you're just laying in bed, but at the same time, all this intense crap is happening as you're like falling into it. And it's still really hard to, like, convince yourself to, you know, just write it out. Let it happen. (laughs) Let it happen. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, again, this kind of comes back full circle in a sense that we feel a connection and a tether to our physical body. And the idea of leaving that is really is terrifying in a lot of senses. You know, what, what's going to happen if I leave my physical body? Well, if you're not dying, nothing, nothing is going to happen. Like your physical body will remain where it is. If you are in bed, that is what's going to happen to you. And your astral form is free to experience whatever in the astral as, as freely as it wants to. And knowing that at any moment when you are finished with your experience, that you can go back, you are always able to go back. Right. But there's already so many emotions that you're feeling. And I just like, I, we keep expressing the emotions because there is no way to fully like describe what you feel because it is just so incredibly intense. Like it's the most intense thing I think that you could possibly feel as a human being is you leaving your physical form. Because like I said, we feel like we are confined to this one physical space. Right. Yeah, and honestly, though, too, like, 
you know the feeling of telling you that I felt like I was kind of in a tornado? Well, like, it was like that physically, too. Like, I could physically feel myself, like, flying through space Mm -hmm. and time. Even though there was, like, kind of a cloudy haziness around me, like... I I felt myself moving like, like I could feel propelled. the wind yeah. I could feel the wind against myself you know like as I was moving quickly through space and I kind of wonder you know there's some uh I guess you would call it speculation or experiences that other people have had that um they don't have quite control over it yet so mm-hmm. they kind of like spin out of control when they're first going into it right or I mean, I think that it would probably be relevant and kind of the same thing of what I went through is that not so much that I was spinning, but I was just flying so fast, like in one direction through space. And I could just feel all of this on all sides of me. And um, I think that so basically other people go through this and it's just because they don't have any experience with it yet. So you kind of have to like hone your practice and like. You know, it's absolutely a developed skill. I think yeah, that, that and lucid dreaming are both because they they are similar in some ways, but also not quite. You know, with a lucid dream, you are dreaming, you are exploring your own subconscious. Is kind of like the way I like to look at it. You are consciously exploring it, the depths of your mind, whereas the astral, your consciousness has been set free into a completely different realm that transcends time and dimension um and is like there it's like a whole different realm it is a whole different experience and in this realm you have the opportunity of not only like seeing your ancestors and your spirit guides people who are there specifically to keep you safe and take care of you and teach you but beings of all different kinds um you know some people claim to to meet their their deities if they practice from other deities um from different you know spiritualities some people have claimed to see demons or monsters some people um see you know five and six dimensional beings so you know aliens per se if you want to use that term loosely and that's that is what really excites me about continuing to try and build the skill of astral projection um you know what i just was thinking about something because um i don't know if any of you have listened to the podcast mysterious universe but i love those guys um they're awesome they have a lot of um interesting shows um anyway one of their shows i was listening to a couple years ago was talking about um abduction alien abduction and um this lady was said that she had been abducted since she was a kid and she had been continually abducted, and um, I guess her daughter was starting to be abducted as well, like, because, and this is another thing I've heard, like, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, going from that, I kind of wonder, so, because, the reason I bring this up is because this lady goes on to explain um, that she goes to all these alien worlds and has these, like, experiences and everything, and I just kind of wonder if maybe she is was astral projecting, and she's actually astral projecting and that she wasn't actually abducted. Well, like, and and to kind of add to that, what if abduction is just an uh you know an extra, not an extraterrestrial being? Because I think that when we say that, it kind of ties people to like outer space and you know the expanses of the universe when that's not what the astral plane is. Right. But these 
you know, five and six dimensional beings, you know, what people would kind of see as aliens, but honestly, they are just beings of a different reality. You know, what if they look at some of us as like special or unique, or they have a message or, uh, you know, a lesson they want to teach us. And that's what abduction is. It is them coming for your astral form to take you to a place that transcends this reality and this earth to show you that there's more. Right. Like, and that's what abduction is. Mm -hmm. Like, that actually would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that that would kind of spin abduction So I was more so saying, though, kind of that, like, she was, she interpreted it as an abduction, whereas she was actually... Astral projecting. Projecting and just didn't have any control over it. Um, There was another thing I was thinking about earlier today, too, because I've just been wrapped up in all this all day. Um... I was thinking too, like, you know, what if people that, like, go along with what that guy was saying um, in the video, um, how uh, you die, but you go through all these experiences after death and so on and so forth. Well, I just kind of wondered, like, you know, people see ghosts and stuff, and I kind of wondered if that was, like part of it like astral you know your astral form is able to see beings that have transcended this reality and i mean people or just or just that the people that are seeing the quote-unquote ghosts are actually just seeing astral projections yeah right like that and and i that would absolutely make sense or the fact that People, once you master the art of astral projection, you can project at any time. Like, you can you can do it doing during the day, you can do it at night, you can do it whenever you want, for however long you want. And I almost wonder if when people are like, I, you know, I see ghosts or dead people or whatever, that they're projecting and just don't realize it. Right. Because um, yeah. I sometimes, be, you know, because when when you consciously realize that astral projection is a thing and you become invested in understanding what it is and how to do it, uh, I feel like you have a different sort of idea about it. But there are people out there who have no fucking clue that this right. exists, that this is a thing. Right. But they do it. Right. And they don't know, they're not conscious of what is happening. They just see it as, oh, I'm seeing a ghost. Right. You know. But it's, they. But could, they're actually become, you know, they're actually kind of. Actual projecting. They are they are projecting because they, for whatever reason, subconsciously do it, or they have figured out how to do it and they don't realize what it is. And to them, the rational mind tries to rationalize. This is my experience. This is what I'm seeing. This is what it is. Because you know, when you're afraid, when you're scared, you try to rationalize your fears. So, I'm sure for somebody who doesn't know what astral projection is, or that you can see spirits in the astral realm that if they're performing this act and they don't understand what they're doing, that they would call it a ghost. They right. would say, oh, I see this or I can do this. And and that even leads me to question like mediums, people who speak to spirits on a regular basis. How much of this is projection? Mm-hmm. Or the yeah. ability to see people in the astral realm. You know, I think that it would be so interesting. And I hope that there's already been studies on this. But I really hope that somebody has kind of looking at this from a scientific standpoint. And, um, 
you know, track someone's brain waves and um, brain activity during astral projection. Right. Because I'm really curious to know if that's what the other 90% of our brains is used for is, like, not just that, but, like, all of these different... Um, I wouldn't call them psychic abilities, but you know what but I mean? But at the same like, time, it uses, you know, men, uh, almost like mental capabilities. You know, yeah. I, we can use the term psychic abilities, not necessarily in the, um, you know, like the, the sense of like, oh, I'm a psychic, but right. in the sense that you are using your brain in its, you know, limitless capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as much as we understand about the brain, there, I feel like there are things that transcend what we understand scientifically right and physically too because i mean just because you can see our brains and stuff i mean they still don't really i mean no one really still has an explanation for exactly how a dream happens you know what i mean like how like we have a concept of what dreams are why we have them stuff like that but we don't have really a concept of like how are we seeing this on a projector inside of our brain? Right. How are we... That's projecting. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it's just like... How... How does that happen? Your subconscious, like, paints this picture and creates this, uh, like, almost like an alternate reality from within inside your mind. And that alone is kind of a lot to take in. I mean, it has... I was telling you this recently, too. Like, it has to happen for a reason. reason. Like, there's not... I mean, and yeah, you can dub it down to, it's just your subconscious telling you things that you need to know. Okay, that can't be the only thing. Right. Like, we're if we're able to dream and see this world when our eyes are closed, then that, I mean, that there has to be more than just, uh, you know, your subconscious relaying a message. Now, I do think that is a very powerful tool for your, tool for your subconscious to relay information to your conscious mind because as much as they work together, I feel like they are definitely two separate entities in the sense yeah. that most people don't have access to their subconscious on a regular basis. And that when we dream, our consciousness is put to rest and our subconscious is allowed to uh, sort of step forward and take charge. But I feel like there is something more, a more, I don't want to use the term spiritual, but in a sense that kind of is the only word I could really think of to kind of encompass right. what I'm trying to say. That there is almost like a ritualness or a spiritualness, spirituality to having a dream mm-hmm. and to, and then interpreting that dream and kind of getting maybe a lesson and some sort of gain out of having it. Well, and that kind of goes along with astral projecting and um, just, you know, because it all gives you kind of a higher sense of purpose. Um, it kind of brings everything together and connects everything. So, and it would just make sense because we are all connected. We are all made from the same dust particles in the universe. Right. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, the same recycled energy, you know, my conscious, my, you know, my energy that I, like, lives in this physical form now could have been anything in the life before me. And it's just that, yeah. It ties it all together, really. It tethers every person and every living entity and being from you know animals and insects to trees to people it it's all an energy that has been recycled and i think that that shows the connectivity between 
all of us as one living earth. Yeah. But also, life and death. Like, we were talking about, you know, earlier how dying is a form of projection. It's like the ultimate astral experience. (laughs) But you know what? And I was thinking about this, too. So, that could also make sense because, you know how they say that when you die, you have this, like, feeling, like, the DMT... Where it kind of like you have all this emotion come over you and it's like the best feeling. Uh, Have you ever heard this? That like when you die, like the second that you are dying, like your body has this intense, overwhelming experience. Like an almost like like a feeling of like ecstasy. Right. And I kind of wonder if it's related to your soul peeling Peeling out out of of your body body. right you know because it's kind of a similar that's how I would describe that feeling you know and so that would make so much sense if that actually is what was happening um and so then you think about it and your soul is leaving your body you have this kind of out of body orgasmic experience um and and then you and then you're in in the spirit world, and then you know you go on to uh, live more lives if you feel like you need more education or um, more kind of knowledge or a higher understanding of things. Right, and and you can be, and that energy can be reincarnated as another being for you to gain another perspective or gain another lesson exactly. in yet another lifetime. Exactly, and I think that. that um, and it, I don't. I don't even necessarily think that it has to be a person. Like you can gain perspective from any living being. Maybe you know if you if you die and you are a really proud and sort of pompous being, you might be reincarnated as something more humble, right. so that you can gain humility. Um, and that is yet another lesson into reaching that sort of that level of your your ultimate consciousness, that ultimate you know being and level that. The um, omnipotent. Yeah. And and we talked about it earlier, and I just think it's so noteworthy in bringing up in the podcast is that the that theory that we had that deities, like if you, um, so if you, whether you are like Hellenistic and you um, follow like Greek traditions and you follow, you know, you, you worship the Greek or Roman pantheon or whether you um, follow the Abrahamic faiths. And, you know, worship with, like, Lucifer or uh, God, if you want to use that term or whatever. You know, the thousands upon thousands of deities that exist. um, That it is an interesting concept to kind of think that what if these are people who have transcended lifetime over lifetime over lifetime and have reached their ultimate consciousness. And they are now limitless spirits that can move about freely in the astral plane. And that these deities, these supreme beings have have come back and you know reach out to certain people in order to teach them lessons and to then help them reach their ultimate spirituality it's possible that before before being born like we are linked with these um, deities and so that they kind of are able to show us the way um in our life on earth and um it's just really interesting too because if you think about the fact that you know, if each one of them have been reincarnated so many times, you know, infinite number of times to the point of becoming like godlike status where you're, you have that higher level of understanding, but still each, each one of those spiritual entities have had their own different, um, experiences within their many, many lives. So it would make sense 
that each one of them kind of has their own calling mm-hmm. for it. Like, they, you know, how there's, like, different gods for uh, war and peace and love and then, you know, whatever. Like, for an example, like, uh, I know a lot of people, they worship Lord Lucifer for, like, uh, self-empowerment. Like, that is the lesson in this lifetime in which they are learning is how to stand up for themselves and to find empowerment from within. And they have been linked with this deity, this godlike being, to be taught that lesson in this lifetime. So when they transcend into the next one, the, you know, the next deity or the next entity is going to link up with them to teach them the next lesson. Right. It's just really interesting when you think about all of this because, I don't know. I just think that the possibilities are endless. We don't, we don't have, um... A finite idea of or a finite truth of you know what really exists within our world right um and a lot of it is just kind of left up to mystery because i mean it's really kind of hard to test all of these theories on a scientific on a scientific level now i guess you could like hook someone up to a monitor and kind of monitor their body as they're like projecting and things like that but how much are you really going to learn? Because you can't see what's happening behind their eyes. Right. Beyond, it's like, there's like a veil between this earth and this reality and, and being in this physical form and in projecting or death that you then transcend beyond the, that veil. And there's no one accurate way to kind of relay that information back as scientific proof that whatever exists right right it's just sort of um you know as a collective we have these experiences and for those who dive into it and look into what projection is and how to do it that we can kind of compare and look at each individual experience as you know like like for our experiences example you know we both felt the same sort of very intense like feelings and we both did it on accident and it was you know in the and especially in the one experience it was like you were being sucked into a portal yeah for me I was walking through a doorway and you look at these and you can kind of see the parallels between and that's the best sort of truth that we have is that so many people have had this experience that we have to give it some sort of credit because so many people have had the same experience now now we have to try it together because I feel like that is the ultimate, tr- like that is the ultimate truth-telling example. If you have, if you can meet up in the astral plane and and go on the same adventure together, and, and then sort of we're be able, able to relay it, back. yeah, yeah. Because we'll each have our own perspective of the experience as a whole. I mean, even though we're experiencing the same thing, we'll have our own feelings and our own emotions, and we'll see it from our own way. That it just solidifies the idea that we can leave these bodies behind not necessarily die but send our consciousness into a place where any and all things are a possibility of existing right that we as humans can't see on a physical like level yeah it's really intense, like, and, and I really look forward to being able to have that experience again because it's fucking, it's so, like, I cannot express how scary it is, yeah. but it's also really, really exhilarating um, when you realize what you're doing, it's, 
it's really empowering as, as like kind of the bottom line when you can focus all that energy and your consciousness together and go, okay, I am here, I am present, my consciousness is in this realm and now I'm free to do whatever I want. It, it's vastly different than I think lucid dreaming in the sense where you can kind of create your world. Mm -hmm. This is something that's already in existence and mm -hmm. you are like exploring it mm -hmm. and seeing what all is out there. Right. Now, if we could only get past the scary part. Right. <laughs> but I think that could help, though. That could help us get past, if we're doing this together, then it could help us get past that scary part because we know that we're going to meet up and we're going to do this together. Right. You know? And it gives you the, also the capability of protecting each other in the astral realm because as much as there are good entities and your spirit guides and... Some people say, you know, angels or um, fifth and sixth dimensional beings. There also are some scary things that are in the astral realm, just like there are scary things in our current reality. And that, you know, buddies, safety, <laughs> safety first. And I think that that's just important. And anybody who has ever talked to me about astral protection has always expressed that it is important to stay safe in experiencing astral projection. Um, and that you should, you know, always ground yourself or when you first reach the astral realm, that's why you project in a space that you, is considered safe for you so that you can kind of gain control of your astral body, understand how to defend yourself because it's a different, it's not like if somebody attacks you and you can draw a gun on them or stab them or whatever. It's a different, it's a, it's a spiritual battle in that sort of sense where right. you are, um, you're in a different state of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um and for anyone curious as how to astral project, there are a lot of different ways. Um, some, I think, make more sense than others. Um, so since I had so much trouble projecting, a lot of people recommended, I can't say a lot of people, but I got it more often or more than a couple of times that um, like physical exhaustion and starvation or dehydration, mm -hmm. kind of the extreme realms um, would help me project I don't recommend trying that because I just think it seems incredibly dangerous and that projecting into the astral realm when your body is experiencing a physical level of trauma like that doesn't seem safe to me honestly I can't really know I can't speak for them but to me that like I was saying earlier that sounds more like a hallucination than right. an actual like genuine experience uh, like because here's the thing if your body is like experiencing malnourishment and things like that I feel like it would be more difficult for your soul to kind of separate from that because the at that point I feel like the number one is surviving the number one yeah is survival and, and, is survival. and kind of putting it into um and you know throwing out another perspective is I almost wonder if in trying to do something like that on, you know, in going that route in achieving astral projection, you're almost close to death. Right. You know what I mean? Is that you are, yeah. your body is going through so much physical trauma that you're, you would probably get a result, but it is, you are almost So you're like dead. forcing your body yeah. into it. Where when there are a lot of like natural ways that you can do it yourself, you just have to. It's about practice. It is really about practice. And if me and you can do it, and we are so like anxious and stuff all the time, like if we can calm our brains enough to do it, then anybody can do it. Right. Seriously, you don't have to go through those almost kill ways. yourself right. right to to try and reach it. Now, 
the way that it works Actually, for me. you know, honestly, I would almost say that making sure that you have been well fed. Well fed, yeah, and, and rested and, is kind of yeah, the better way to go about it. Right. That would be way easier for me to focus on going into it rather than just being extremely exhausted and starving. Right. You know? And some people, um, you know utilize like hallucinogenics where and then you kind of get the same sort of well is it actual projection or is it a hallucination um that i i i don't i don't do hallucinogens anymore it's just too much for my body so i can't speak on whether or not it is effective some people claim it is i for me personally it's just not the route that i would take or try to take right um Especially because if you can do this on your own or even almost do it on your own, then why would you... You don't have to use things like that. Um, But I guess the more typical ways uh, would be through lucid dreaming where you you recognize that you are conscious within the dream. And that in itself takes training. I've never had a, a lucid dream experience prior to having this projection experience. And a lot of it is like going through the day and saying, you know, asking myself, is this a dream? Um, or am I awake or am I dreaming and consistently repeating those things throughout the day it gets stored in your subconscious so that when your subconscious does take control when you're sleeping that you have uh, an easier time in trying to gain control consciously okay during my kind of little bit of research today I found out that this is another good way to kind of like ground yourself in a dream to kind of make you realize that you're dreaming and it's to press your finger a finger or anything to the center of your hand multiple times a day and then by muscle memory you'll do it in your dream and most of the time your finger will go through your hand that's really oh that's interesting and that's when you know you're dreaming and that's when you can kind of take control which is really i think honestly probably one of the best ways to do it because it's muscle memory that's a very i mean that's really prevalent in our day-to-day lives you know just and if you are constantly training yourself that that's that you do that several times a day you're going to automatically think to do it in your sleep right and therefore you know can realize that you're lucid dreaming now i don't know i would say that it might be a little bit more difficult like unless you're like you have set the intention that you want to have lucid dreams, they're not just going to happen. Right. I mean, sometimes they do, but, like, I think that the only way for you to actually do the finger-in-your-hand thing is if you're used to dreaming like that a lot. Right. Or you're setting the intention constantly so that you... Because, like, I, I mean, I've had a couple lucid dreams in my life, but nothing... It doesn't happen on a regular basis. Right. You know, and I don't really have control over it all the time, so... I think that you would definitely have to have a lot of practice in in, in the whole experience. Right. You know. In order to like start off with lucid dreaming and once you can kind of gain control of your consciousness within a dream, then it's going to be much easier for you to project yourself outside of that. Right. Uh, I also know a lot of people um well like the what I think of a lot of people consider is the traditional route. And I use quotations around that because I don't necessarily think that there's any traditional way to project. Um, Each experience is different for each person, but to utilize sort of sleep paralysis where you're laying down, you make yourself comfortable and you trick your mind into thinking that your body is asleep. Um, And that, and then that moment when your, your consciousness is 
there. It is you, you are mentally awake, but your body is convinced that it is asleep. It is out. And from there you can sort of, um, some people will like wiggle or like vibrate themselves out of their physical mm-hmm. body. I've also heard of the rope method where you kind of imagine there's like a rope, uh, above your head and you, you, I guess start the idea, like you, you start out. to pull yourself out and that that is the way, um, one of the easier ways to do it. Some people also use like trance like states, um, like uh, taking a candle and staring into the flame of a candle for an extended period of time. Once you create that trance-like state, uh, you'll be able to project out of your body. Obviously, you might want to have somebody in your house with you, at least making sure you don't burn it down. Right. Um, or like, med- I know some people like will be able to do it through meditation. Now, um, I just want to stop you real quick because have you ever had, I'm sure you've had this experience with driving. A lot of people do it, but... It almost feels like an out-of-body experience. Or, like, if you're, like, kind of... Or if you're, like, sitting in class and, uh, you know, you kind of, like, fall behind the eyes. Like, it's like you're there, but not at the full surface level. Mm -hmm. It's like you fall down a little bit and your eyes kind of glass over and you're just kind of stuck in thought. And it's like, it's like daydreaming type of thing. But... Actually, God, that makes so much sense now that if you think about why did they call it daydreaming? Because, like, that's starting to become, like, the drop in consciousness, you know, to our subconscious and unconscious that people are able to actually and allowing, project. Yeah, and allowing your subconscious to sort of Because it create. is kind of a trance-like state. Yeah. You know? So I kind of, I kind of want to do that. Like, not while I'm driving, obviously, but, like... You know, because there's sometimes when I'm, like, driving where, like, my eyes get stuck in, like, a certain spot and I'm just kind of, like, in a daze for a second. And it kind of freaks me yeah, out. Yeah, you're like, oh, because, shit, I'm driving. Right. <laughs> like, you got to pull yourself back in, you know, like, wake up. Kind of got to, like, smack yourself a little bit sometimes. But I feel like I'm onto something here. Yeah. Like, that could be, like, relevant to the whole process, you know, like that. Maybe that's, like, the waking version of kind of falling into that meditative state where you're able to project project from there which which there are people who can yeah so uh i have this neighbor um he's like a teenager and he projects all the time like all the time he just does it on command because he enters himself into a trance like state where uh he uses uh a comment like a, a number pattern of the number four and can send himself into this trance-like state where then his subconscious um, sort of takes over and allow, and he, he sort of manipulates that in, in order to project himself and to project his consciousness outside of his body. And I've talked to him many times about this, and he it's so cool the things that he has seen and done in the astral realm um, and the beings that he has experienced Um, it's one of these people, like I literally am living next door to this person who I have so much admiration for in the sense that he has mastered this Mm -hmm. and he's been doing it since he was a child. Uh, his mom is completely aware of it and, and she has walked in on him doing it several times and it's just like, he's like completely out of it, like has no idea that anyone else is there. Um, and, and you can be awakened from it, you know, where, where, when alerting your physical body will then redraw your consciousness but that she just sort of lets him be and he'll sit there sometimes for hours and just explore and do his own thing. And I think that that is such an incredibly powerful 
and almost like a spiritual skill you especially know? if you like learn that from childhood so that takes out so think about it. when you're a kid you know you're automatically scared of the boogeyman and things like that but like you know if you're doing something like that frightening when you're a child and you can come out of it like I can see that that he would turn into being able to do it whenever because right. it's not he has no hindrance at all anymore because he faced all of that as a child. child. Right, all of the scary bits of when you start projecting, he experienced that as a child and now is able to de- you know, deliberately enter into the astral plane on whatever he desires. And I just think I that that's so cool. Kid. He's really cool. Um, he He's come up to the my apartment a couple of times to kind of sit down and like, I've read like his cards and... Um, talk to him about uh, witchcraft and whatnot, and that um, he's incredibly bright, and he has this, he definitely has a very strong sort of energy about him that I can definitely see why he's, he has a lot of success in astral projection, because uh, he's taken a lot of time to really train himself on how to do that, and he's right. very open-minded and very curious, and I think that is an, um, an element that you do have to have in astral projecting is sort of being open-minded to the experience in itself. Um, and that yes, your physical body can transcend or I'm sorry, your consciousness can transcend your physical body. Um, you have to be open-minded to sort of accept that. And, um, yeah, because it's very easy to get stuck in your own physical, you know what I mean? Like Like, it's, it's easy to just accept that this is all that is. Yeah. Because, this is our day-to-day life. Right. But, I mean, if you're, you know, just more open to it, it's almost like you have to relinquish your body and kind of give it all up to kind of uh, have a higher understanding. Right. And to have that sort of experience where you get to take your consciousness to the next level, you right. know? Now, I only have, I mean, I've got a couple experiences with lucid dreaming, but there's been one recently I told you about a couple months ago with the teal kitchen. Mm-hmm. So this was so cool. It it was a very brief dream. It, I don't really remember what happened before or after that, but I just remember being in this beautiful, like oversized kitchen dining room area and all, like my favorite color is teal. So like all of the cabinets in everything was teal it was fucking beautiful and I'm just like looking around and it's so crazy because I could tell I was lucid dreaming because I I like felt myself standing there in that area and like I felt my physical body like I felt myself blinking like Mm -hmm. I remember blinking like oh my god this is fucking real yeah like at least right now it is and I remember just like kind of running my hand over the marble countertops and they were so beautiful like white marble countertops and everything was just so beautiful and clean and shiny and bright for a dream you know like usually dreams are tend to be in the dark or like kind of in a hazy but this was like very bright yeah um and I feel like this is uh that's another thing about lucid dreams is that's how you can kind of tell the difference um because of how real they feel but yeah and they're very vibrant very um like I you feel get like every your detail are a little muted. Yeah. But you're but you're so your consciousness paints a different picture. I don't know. It's just like you're so there that like it's it's like you and I sitting in this room and how vibrant all the colors are and everything. Like it's I don't know, it's the craziest experience ever. But I mean 
that's what how I feel like I can tell the difference between um, a lucid dream and a regular dream is that a I I kind of have a little bit of control over it, but I also realize that I'm dreaming, and I also feel like I'm physically there. Like it's the weirdest feeling because you know you're asleep. Sleep, yeah. You're like I went to bed, but I am here in this place here now. And I can feel everything around me. Mm-hmm. And it's the weirdest and coolest thing ever. But, I mean, that's kind of my own... That's my most uh, kind of detailed experience with lucid dreaming. I remember doing it when I was a kid. Um, I still remember the dream. I was at my uh, neighbor's house across the street um, in my dream. And um, I become aware that I'm dreaming. And I'm like, well, that means I can fly. Right. And so I tried a couple times. And I'm like jumping off their couch like trying to fly into the air and it's not working it's not working and I mean eventually I tried enough that it works and I start flying around their house and I'm just like you know at ceiling level but I'm just like kind of floating around their house and so I don't know that was like my earliest probably lucid dream right that was when I was a child like I was probably only like seven eight years old and see and I think that in starting um at a young age with like astral projection and lucid dreaming that's where you become proficient at it as an adult and I just think I think that's so cool that um as children we have you know this childlike uh wonder of the whole world and of all of our experiences and that these skills you know they kind of start by accident Mm -hmm. but the more you develop them and as kids we're naturally curious right you know we have this natural curiosity to keep trying these things and keep doing these things. And what we, you know, what we think is cool as a kid, then we develop a skill as an adult. And I think that that's really interesting to, because I feel like a lot of kids have had these, like I, you know, people will tell me, Oh, I've been having lucid dreams since I was a kid. I've been doing this for years and it blows my mind because I used to have very, very, very intense, vivid dreams as a child, but I never had a lucid dream. Like, sometimes I would even have night terrors where I, that my nightmares would feel, like, I would be semi-conscious, and they would feel still very real, like I was still dreaming. But I had never had... I'm totally there with you, though, because that's... But it never was, like, a full lucid dream experience. I was either awake, my my physical body is conscious and I am there, and, but I'm so tired, and that, it's like, it's like the subconscious is lingering and still projecting dreams into your head, so you kind of think that your nightmares are real or I would have like very vivid dreams of like uh one that was really weird that I remember from a child is that I dreamt that um all of our souls like my whole family you know living at my house as a young child all of our souls had left our bodies and were just sort of floating around in our home just kind of Hmm. there um and I think as a kid because I grew up as a Christian um, I told my mom that, you know, all, I saw all of our souls and we were going to go to heaven, but I don't necessarily think that's exactly what was happening. Um, and it's still to this day, I just think about that. I'm like, wow, you know, what an experience as a child. You don't really have the words to describe what's going on, but that's a really intense dream. Yeah, I have, I have a number of dreams I could relay from my childhood. I've always had vivid dreams since I was like three. I remember like... Okay, I'll just tell you about this first one I had, and we'll leave it at that, but um, this is, like, perfect example of a child's mind and the, the intensity in which dreams can occur. Um, I was probably three or four years old uh, when I had this dream. Um, 
So, I was at, um, in the dream, of course this is really splotchy, but, um, basically I was at McDonald's in my dream, at McDonald's Play Place, and my mom, like the people told me that she was in danger or something, so they sent me out the, um, drive through window into a submarine, <laughs> where I then go underwater and I see this huge, like, the biggest octopus that you've ever seen in your life, basically. And my mom is, like, lying on one of its tentacles. And I'm just, like, crying because I'm, like, scared and I don't know, like, what to do. In my dream, I think she was dead. Um, and I was just so scared and, like, crying, I remember. And so then, like, I go back up in the submarine, back into the McDonald's. And I'm just, like, wishing for my dad to come pick me up. And... Um, and it was kind of morbid to think that my mom was dead when I was that young, but I don't know. That's just what happened in my dream. And so, and mind you, I don't have any ill will towards my mother. I never have. But, um, anyway, so, you know, go back up in the submarine and I remember sitting at the end of the slide in the McDonald's play place and I clicked my red heels together three times. <laughs> like Dorothy, you're like, Wizard of Oz, this shit out of here. Yeah. And my dad like shows up to pick me up and take me home so that was my very first like dream that I can really remember, remember. yeah and it was intense super intense and you know my whole life I've always had really vivid dreams so I think that it kind of gives me an advantage to step into this you know and kind of start playing with it a little bit with astral projecting and lucid dreaming and whatnot right yeah I don't uh for the longest time I didn't really dream very much as an adult um I smoked a lot of weed too and some people say that 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 will hinder it it. um but dreaming as an adult after not having vivid dreams for several years it's definitely a really intense experience the first few times it happens you're just like holy shit like what is happening here yeah um and to go from having lots of vivid dreams as a child to not dreaming for probably like seven or eight years to now having my experience with having to to quit weed because of allergies and dream as an adult it's it was a lot I was like holy shit you know because Kevin has so many of these constant vivid dreams I think he lucid dreams a lot more than what he realizes yeah and I'm like you dream like this all the time like every day (laughs) it's a lot yeah it's definitely and it's so cool like once you start getting into it because you can really like it is something that you can harness and it's really cool like I definitely haven't been haven't done that or gotten to that point yet but I know that's I know that it's a possibility because I've been on the cusp and and I think you have too and I think yeah I think some really cool things are gonna happen right so anyway uh, I think that's the end of our show for today but um we are definitely going to be trying to um, astral project together within the next week and if we have any experiences we will report them on our next episode yeah thanks guys